let's get started. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian. And we are Where is the Rulebook? We're going to bring you a weekly board game walkthrough for your lunch break or daily commute. This season one of Where is the Rulebook? We'll be focusing on games to get you started in the world of board gaming or just any staple for a game night. We will be walking you through the rulebooks of some of the most loved board games known by all. In today's episode, we introduce a new game. We'll give you some general information about it. Then we'll talk about how you win, what it takes to set it up, actions each player can take per turn, and what causes the game to come to an end. We have laid out a few examples that you will see when playing the game, and we're gonna play those through with you. Then we'll get a little more personal, talk about our strategies, our opinions of the game, and if we recommend you guys picking this game up. For today's game, we will all have a deck of cards illustrated with dreamlike images. The storyteller will create some clues, trying to get the players to guess their card, but not all of the players, while the other players are trying to trick the other players to vote for their cards in today's game of Dixit. On the box, this game takes 30 minutes, and the number of players is about three to six. It is best with either five or six players. And this game can be classified as a voting, storytelling, and targeted clues game. Now, where's the rule book? So the first thing we do once we open the box is take everything out. We'll have the rule book. We'll have the game board, which also is the scoring track, and it, have it, it has it written on it. There'll be 84 different cards with illustrations on them, 36 voting tokens, which are six in different colors that go one to six. And then we'll have six wooden rabbits of the same color as those tokens. And now we've dumped out the box, let's set up a game. First thing you're gonna do is each player is gonna choose one of those rabbits and then place it on the zero on the scoring track. You're then gonna shuffle the 84 image cards and giving six to each player, making a draw pile with the remaining of the cards. Then you're gonna draw those voting tokens. Based on the color of the rabbit, you get the same color tokens for the voting. And then you're gonna grab one for each number of players that you have in the game. So if you only have a four player game, you're not gonna grab the five and six player tokens for the voting. And now we talk about what you can actually do on your turn. It is split up between a storyteller, which is one player, which changes, and then the rest of the crowd. To begin with, the storyteller. One player will be the storyteller every turn. He looks at the six image cards in their hand and then takes one of them and says a sentence out loud. It could be a word, a sound, it could be anything, but you have to say it out loud. And then after the rest of the players have heard either the sentence or the sound from the storyteller, the other players are gonna grab one of their six images that might best match what the storyteller is telling. And they're gonna give those to the storyteller face down the storyteller will take those cards, shuffle his or her card with them, and then put them face down randomly on the table. Flip over one at a time, and the card on the left will be one, two, and so on. The next part of the turn is going to be finding the storyteller's image or the voting phase. The goal of this is that the players are going to find the image from the storyteller amongst the displayed images. Each player secretly votes for the card he believes belongs to the storyteller who doesn't also vote. So the storyteller doesn't get to vote during this time. And to do so, you take that voting token that you have, you place it face down in front, 
and then you're going to flip it over and it's going to have the color and the number that you are voting for. And you are not allowed to vote for your own image, which sounds weird currently, but when we talk about scoring, you're going to see why that matters. And then we get to like the meat of this game, which is the scoring. If all players have found the storyteller's image or if no one found it, the storyteller doesn't get any points. However, everyone else gets two. In every other case, as long as the storyteller gets at least one vote, they score three points, but also the player or players who voted for them. And each player, not including the storytellers, will score one point for each vote they get on their image, being that they've tricked the players to believe the storyteller chose that card. And that's why you can't vote for your own, because you'd just be giving yourself a point every turn. And then after this, the players will move their rabbits along the scoring track by the number of points that they scored. And finally, to end the round, each player will draw a new card to bring their hand size back up to six. The storyteller for the new turn is the player to the left of the current one going clockwise. And finally, the game ends when the last card of the deck has been drawn and the player who's the furthest along the track is the winner or the first player to reach or exceed 30 points. In the case of a tie, all the victors share victory. And this game has one of one of my favorites, Who Goes First. And actually, which is sad to say, I didn't even know it was in the rule book for Who Goes First this way until doing this podcast. Whoever is a storyteller on the first turn, that's who, who's going to be the first player, technically, is what they're calling it. And this is decided by whoever describes their card out loud first. So it's like a race to describe one of your cards, and whoever says it first gets to be the first storyteller. <laughs> It's amazing. It's so good. I've never. I feel like we've always just picked someone, which is so boring compared to the, what the rules actually show. That's amazing. Because imagine like just drawing and then being like pancake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it the first person to finish the sentence, start the sentence. Yeah, it's so cool. It's a neat way to do it. I want to begin with something a little bit different, and that is when it comes to Dixit, it is very similar to another game of an entirely different company which is Mysterium so ser- so much that they're similar I thought they were the same I thought they were the same artists company. same company and they're not nothing is similar <laughs> I love Mysterium it has become literally one of my top 10 games I I've introduced it to friends to other groups and it just it's exploded and I've introduced Dixit to them because of the exact same situation we ran in with Suro. I was hanging out with friends and we were waiting for two people to show up. They were driving together. So I brought out Dixit. It took me less than five minutes to show them how to play. And we played a whole round before the people showed up. Yeah. And they loved it. And I love it. Yeah. It's a really good game. I think it just takes some of the complexity out of Mysterium. But it has, and I think I said it in our holiday episode, that it kind of brings, for the most part, the same joy for me. Being the ghost is fun and different from Mysterium for sure, but Dixit brings in a lot of that same joy. It's just so simple and just done so well. I don't know why they're rabbits on the scoring card, which I think is weird, but uh, it's cool that they're not just like pegs, I guess. But Well, the whole point of Dixit is it's supposed to be like dreams, right? Kind of. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Dream I guess. Habits. I maybe it's supposed to be like Alice in Wonderland yeah, or 
whether what why it's rabbits or not, I don't know, but don't get the game because they're rabbit. <laughs> no, it it because there's only three ways to score, and the most complicated part literally is like the storyteller. It's like you're yeah, every what, turn knowing what the score is. I think it's probably maybe the most complicated part. It's almost what's different from Mysterium is in my I love being the ghost in Mysterium. I love the complexity of trying to decide, you know, oh this person's thinking like this, big picture. Oh, this person looks yeah. at details. Every turn, you get to be the ghost in Dixit. Because every turn, the storyteller is trying to decide, okay, I have uh, two ants fighting with swords on top of what look like pancakes. <laughs> so what can I say to make someone pick this, but also not pick this? Yeah, I think that's the coolest part, that you can't tell it too well. Yeah. That's the hardest part to explain. I remember playing this with you for the first time, and I was like, okay, you have to say a clue that gets people to vote for you, but not everyone to vote <laughs> for you. And so it's just really cool that the, the way we've done it, and it's it's a lot harder than it seems like it should be because you can't be too obvious because then everyone votes for it, and you can't be too crazy because then no one votes for it. And so it's just like you have to play. You almost have to like you really have to know the people you're playing with and like to be able to be like okay this one time we did this thing so let's talk about like that one event that we did or that one thing that happened at work that only this person might know because really as a storyteller you don't want you really want one person to get it because if you have three out of the four get it that's three other people are getting points the same amount of points you are yeah so you really want one person to get it and you want no one to vote on anything else correctly at all <laughs> but just the fact that you can say anything i about love that in the rules it says it can be a sound like you don't even have to say anything <laughs> i didn't even know it could be a sound yeah you know it can be a sentence a word a sound it can be part of a poem it can be a I part guess. of a song anything you want so you don't even have to say anything you just moo like a cow and that can be a <laughs> i I, I give them props because there are 84 cards, right? In the base game? Yep. Yeah. Every card is different. Oh, yeah. And okay. I'm talking like ridiculously different. But also similar enough that you can potentially, because the whole point, the second whole part of the phase is that the other players are trying to play cards to match the moo sound. So they get picked. So they get picked. And so like the cards are so different, but there's like, so yeah, like the cow is never going to be the main thing on two cards, but there might be like a pasture or a cow in the corner or like yeah. spots or something or a glass of milk. Yeah. Or a pile of hay. Or yeah. It could be anything. And so it's just, it's nice that it's, did you ever, have you ever played Spot It? It sounds familiar. It's a blue orange game. Comes in a little tiny tin, with like a circle tin, the circle cards. And that game baffles my mind. We bought it for a bunch of people for gifts. Because I don't, I don't remember how many cards you get. Probably 50 cards or something. And every card just has one exact match to another card. And there's like 10 images on each card. But only one thing matches every other card. 
and so like it's a matching game pretty much so like we have the nhl versions we like hockey and so like you put it down there's some team logos a hockey stick a puck or a net and then you look at your cards quick you have to scan your card to try to figure out oh i have a hockey puck and you throw the hockey puck down <laughs> and then the 10 images are all different and now you find another match it's not gonna be the hockey puck again and so it's just kind of similar that you know there's I don't know how they think of this and how they make it work. Sometimes I can wrap my mind around, you know, making a board game. These ones, I have no idea how they make it, the cards so well that you can use them. What really sells it is the illustrations. The cards are the star in this box because you could just sit there and look at them. Even if you know every single card in that box and you've played this a lot, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Every time you play it, you get a different card. Since every player gets six cards, you will eventually see a lot of the same ones. Oh yeah. But that's also a disadvantage because like there's one particularly that looks like uh, an egg, kind of like splattered. Or is that in Mysterio? That's in Mysterio. I'll say this: they all start to like form <laughs> into one in my mind. Yeah, the cards seem very similar <laughs> between the two games, which is why I originally thought they were the same. Uh. Let's take this one. There's a snow globe one that has a house, I think, in it. But that snow globe one, even if I know it's a snow globe, right? And I've seen, I know all the other cards in the deck. I can't say snow globe because everyone's going to know it. Yeah. I would set it before. So it, it, it makes you be creative. Yep. And I like playing this with people who've never played it more so than playing with my friends. I feel like it's about the same for me. Like it's it's different. It's def it's definitely different. The people who've never played it before, you can see that like initial joy, like trying to figure out what one to say. And I remember I remember playing with you. I think your first clue you gave us. I don't remember what it was. I said I said um, uh, Romeo and Juliet or something something like that. But all three of us guessed it. We were playing with four people. Everyone guessed it because we're like, yep, that's clearly Romeo and Juliet. And you're like, wait, so I don't get any points? And you're like, no, you were too obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, seeing that with someone who hasn't played before is really cool. But the same way that you don't want to use the same clue, it makes it playing with other people that have played it before kind of the same. You see it with, like, Cards Against Humanity. Like, yeah. Yep, I've played this card before. It's the best if you play it with, like... You play the Batman card under Batman. Like, it just, it just is the funniest combo you can think of. You have to do it that way. If you don't, you don't get picked. And this is, and I feel like this has nothing like that because you can't use the same clues. What also helps, and I didn't know there was this many of them, are the expansions. Eight expansions. That's, and there's a lot of cards in each expansion. <laughs> yeah, and the base game is like $40 MSRP. I feel like that's roughly, I feel like it's usually a little bit on sale. You can find it as cheap as like 25. I I feel like, again, just like last week's game, about 30 is pretty much standard. I did buy this for 35. Okay. Um, It was a, it was a local. It was actually at TC yeah. Paintball. We were together. Yeah, we were, at, we were at our very first TC Paintball game day for the podcast. Yeah. And we played this. I never played this Dixit before. We played this with a friend. Yeah, they who showed was there. up for the game day and they... Didn't want to sit. I don't even remember what game we were playing. Small World? I think it was Small World. And they, they just kind of wanted to stop in and say hi. hi and support us for, you know, doing this podcast and the adventure. 
and they brought Dixit, or they we played the copy that they had there. Not I think they brought it. I think they just happened to have it. And so his wife and him and the two and the two of us played, and then you went and bought it that I day. Loved it. And I they thought bought it an expansion or two that day from them. <laughs> yeah, I, I I ironically have not played the expansions because I haven't needed to yet. No, and I I haven't needed to. I feel like we you have seen the same cards a few times, but I don't play it quite enough that I feel like the cards are burnt out yet. But yeah, eight expansions, and they all range about twenty to thirty bucks. You get so many cards. It's each expansion contains an original universe of eighty-four unique cards. That's incredible. Yeah. What's really cool though is the box, which looks really big, has space for the expansions. I would love to test... Uh, not. I don't want to test it with my wallet. <laughs> I would love to test to see if all eight expansions fit in the box, but I think it would be pretty close. I mean, the box is quite large, and... Yeah. Mm. You have... Yeah, there's four spots to put cards, and you only use less one. than one. Yeah. For the first game, it, so it I guess be, you could probably put four. You could put roughly. four for sure. Four, maybe five of the eight. But then you you beg the question, like, do you need that many? Yeah. Because I would just do the same thing you did with Mysterium, where I actually own all the Mysterium expansions. I love them all. But I bought them for the reason of I mix all of them together, and I play with them all. It just creates a lot more variety. Oh, yeah. I think that's what these are meant for, too. And I know that each of these are themed, right? Like, there's one here that's about, like, uh, origins or... Memories. Memories. Yeah. Or but I think Mysterium's themed, too, aren't they? Are they just... No. No? I think they are kind of themed. They Each one added, like, a new mechanic. I just don't do the mechanic. I just added all the players. <laughs> I just wanted more murderers, more weapons, more yeah. cards. More options. Uh. And yeah, these are all journey. And these are all themed, but I feel like you could just mix them all together. Yeah, and I, I create think, an awesome deck. Well, they're not standalone, to my knowledge, games. No, you have to because this is the only one that has a track. Yeah, so I guess I mean, yeah, you only have the the voting tiles and broken tokens and the track, the bunny tokens. So you would you would mix them together and play. But yeah, like daydreams, journeys, memories, the quest. Like it just all has <laughs> unique artwork. And yeah, they're a little bit cheaper. Half the price, not on sale. So, I mean, that's definitely worth picking up, you know, one or two of them just to kind of fill the Dixit box and have cards. Then you won't ever have that burnout that we're talking about. I, I own one expansion. And I have I've owned this for a few months, and I've played it about a dozen times, and I still have not used an expansion. That's got to say something. And I can't imagine what it's like just putting one eighty-four card deck in, because then now you have uh, what's that? One hundred and sixty-eight cards. That's a lot of cards. A lot of cards. And then obviously you would probably shuffle them together and only take a, a certain deck, right? Yeah, I would assume that you bring only eighty-four in, because then you never you never run oh, out. Oh, you never run you out. Thirty. And then even if you have another, exp I just think that the like your exponential growth of cards to expansions, like it just it's way out there. Yeah, it's it's cool because like I think you just kind of hit on it, and we've talked about it. There, there's expansions. There's a lot of them. We've clearly said that. Wait, does expansions? Uh, but you don't need them, like you said. 
So it's really like those are the expansions I like, and we've talked about that in the past. We I, that enhance it. Yeah, ex- expansions are necessary when there's a broken part of the game that they're gonna fix, which we saw kind of you know in Sheriff, Sheriff of Nottingham. But it's just really cool when you know a company just decides like, hey, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with Dixit. It's fun. It's great. The rules make sense. Everyone enjoys it. It's been around for years at this point, 2008 or so it came out. Do you want more? And you want more <laughs> cards for it? We can make a new game, but we don't need to because this one's still, people still like it. You just bought it in 2021 and it yeah. came out in 2008, if not before that. Like, it's still, and there's no point to just do a new one. And so it's really cool that the expansions are just there just to enhance, not to fix, not to change. There's no scoring tile ch- changes. Yeah. You can't play with more people. Which, how much? How many people can play this one? I forget. Six, six. So I mean, that could be something that you could probably add. I would love to see. I did play it with six. An expansion that let you know lets you play up to ten, or something. But you'd have to. There'd have to be some rule you'd have changes. To get more points. Yeah. Thirty's way too little. Yeah, there'd have to be some rule changes. So that'd be something that I could see as an expansion that would be kind of fun, and like something that that would be a standalone type of thing that you add to the game when you have that many people. Kind of like Carcassonne's five and six player expansion. You only add it when you have five and six players. But like the rest of the expansion is just, just fun. I, and if you like the daydream tiles, you just play the daydream ones or whatever. Like you don't even have to mix them if you don't really want to. <sighs> It's it's we're singing praises about it because I honestly think like this game and I, I'm so upset that I waited for so long and I waited for so long because on the surface, like when you look at the back or you look at the game, you're like, it's just cards with pictures. But it, it it's just fun and it's hard to get a game like that. Yeah, that's just fun. Just fun. And yeah, same thing. I didn't even really know. Like I said, the game came out years ago. Didn't even really know about it. I probably got it two to three years ago. And the same friends that showed it to you showed it to me. We they love it. it. They played it at our, their house one night. <laughs> my wife and I went over for dinner and played it afterwards. And it was really fun. And I at that point, I played Mysterium already. And I was like, oh, this is just like Mysterium. And they didn't know what that was. So the next time we brought that over. And yeah, so I mean, it's in the podcast because of those friends and we both own it because of them too. So it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's very rare when I think a game needs to be a staple. Like I think this, I think Dixit is a game that every house should have. It's perfect. If you have kids, it's perfect for friends. It's perfect to play with your parents. Yeah. It's just an all around, there's no flaws that I can think no of. Flaws. The hardest part is the scoring. And after like two rounds, it's not hard to figure out anymore. But the scoreboard has it all on there. Yeah. Which is super nice. You don't have to flip the rule book every time. It tells time. you right on the scoreboard. Like you look at the, the scoreboard. Three ways to score points. How to, what <laughs> happened and who scored points. Okay, move the rabbits and you go to the next round. Yeah. Like, like they knew that. They yeah. knew that the scoring was going to be the most difficult part. And I difficult is not even the right word. Just it's the hardest part to grasp and maybe maybe and so they knew that and they just put it on the board here it is don't worry about it (laughs) just look here if you need to remember how many points you get i never remember like the very first time we get it back out and play the first round i don't remember if it's three or two or one i just look at the board board and it's there and i don't then it's fine again which is really nice i don't i don't think i've opened the rule book until writing this podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad we did i didn't know about the 
first person first to survive. <laughs> Which is, I admit, really cool. It is really cool. It's a real fun one. It's just whoever can do it first. Yeah, the quickest person to see a card and think about what story they want to tell. I've had a smile the entire time talking about this game. I, I recommend it to anyone, even if it's not on sale. Just I I can't emphasize yeah. enough. Go get it. Yeah, even if it's 40 bucks, I feel like it's worth it. That $40 is that stand kind of that basic price for board games. And we've had ones in the past that have issues at 40 and I would love to have seen it for a little bit less. And we have other ones that were like, how is this only $40? That should have been more. This is solid. It's just, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. It's fun. The expansions even have a smaller box. So you technically could probably fit into a smaller box if you are traveling with it or something and you wanted to bring the board with you. You know, I should have checked that. I should have seen if I can put, because the, the small box is about the same size as the track. Yeah, I, I think it seems as though by looking at them, I'm assuming that the track fits in there. I'd like to, I, I should have tried. And there's, at least in the standard box, there's three spots for cards. So I don't think they're going to have like the nice separated parts for the tokens and the rabbits, yeah. but they could just go loose in one of the other spots in the for cards and they would yeah, be half fine. the size. Yeah. And all the tiles are nice. The board folds in half and has, like we said, the scoring track on one part and the scoring rules on the other part. The rabbits are wooden yep. dice or tokens or pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they are. They're, they're rabbits. I guess that would be my only really concern. Like, the only thing in this entire game that not upsets me but, like, makes me think is why rabbits? I, yeah. I don't know. And actually, I don't even really think I've ever really realized they're rabbits. I think I, I, I must have known before. They, I mean, they look like rabbits. But I feel like when I was doing this, I typed out when I was doing the what's in the box. I typed out rabbits and I was like, they're rabbits? Oh, yeah, I guess they are rabbits. It, it might be it's a lore thing. Maybe it's something to do with dreams that I'm just not familiar with. Yeah. Um, But if that's my only problem, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty solid game. Yeah, it's... It's solid. Definitely recommend picking it up. Like like Joe said, it's a pretty simple one. Again, we're going to have two podcasts in a row. It's going to be a little bit shorter than the ones that we've had in the past, but coming off our long holiday one, give you guys a little bit of a break from listening to us talk. It's good. I'd pick it up if you don't already have it. If you have it, grab it. I think what I like hearing is that you like Mysterium so much because, you know, I showed you Mysterium. Well, these both of these games go hand in hand. Yeah, so it's 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 nice that you still play both. Yeah, because like a lot of the times you get a game that's better or it has more parts, more complex, which we find more fun. So we don't grab the simple one anymore. Like, why am I going to play a simple one when I can play one that has more pieces and more moving things? But this one still fills that joy, and it's still yeah. fun even though it has less moving parts. And eight expansions. <laughs> I'm, I, I've, I, I haven't I, got to one. I got one. I, I haven't even like opened I, it. <laughs> I felt like there was three or four. And I, even that, I was like, there's a lot of expansions. There's like three or four. I of always them. And see then them. I, I looked there's, and I there's there's actually so there's many. eight of them. And I was like, holy, that's even more than I expected. Mysterium only had two. Two in that standalone. That yeah, no one, I don't, that, that one upsets me. I don't want to talk did about it. Did you buy that one? I did not. Okay. I was... Literally, I just we were in line. I had it in my hand, and the guy at the counter is was, the one that told us that it was. I was like, I, I can't wait to play with the, like the the circus expansion, 
And he was like, that's not an expansion. I was like, what? Well, you just lost your sale. <laughs> I want to play. I like circus-themed stuff, so I think I'll still probably get that one, even though that's not today's podcast, but I want to play that one. Maybe when we get to our expansions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no house rules, no anything else that we, anything else you want to talk about? I got nothing. Other than buy this game? It's the first one that I would say buy. Yeah. Like, the, I would say flat out, get it no matter what. Yeah, I feel like we've had, I mean, all the games that we've talked about in season one are all, you know, those staples, those entry levels. This is the must. But I feel like a lot of them, yeah, if you don't, every household does not need Catan or Small World. I love Small World. It's one of my favorites. Every household does not need Small World. But this game fits for every household for sure. Yeah, and I guess I'll agree with that. I mean, every household, if you if you don't have it, go and buy it. Support it. And it, and uh for play it soon too. I mean, don't just <laughs> don't just keep playing Mysterium. Remember this game's out there too. It's a little different, it's a little bit quicker. Great to start a game night if that's what your plan is and for future episodes, we're going to talk about Disney's Villainess uh, next week and then Seven Wonders Duels, which is a two-player Seven Wonders. We'll talk about in a few weeks also, so super excited for both those. Check back every Wednesday for new episodes. You can find our page on Instagram at whereistherulebook or email us at whereistherulebook at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating on your podcast app today. This season is sponsored by TC Paintball, local to Traverse City, Michigan. TC Paintball is a paintball, airsoft, tabletop, card, and board game store that excels at bringing in the community to enjoy all of our hobbies. But all of these games are either owned by one or both of us and are not paid sponsorships. Also, to all of our listeners, you can receive 10% off all board games and 15% off the featured board game each month just by mentioning where is the rule book and a huge thank you to john ransom for making our theme song and the music you listen to while we're playing the game and if you love that song as much as we do check out jack pine for more music with john thanks for playing